Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. These podcasts are recordings of our Sunday morning worship experiences here at Summit Church in Canyon, Texas. If you're looking for a church home, we want to invite you and your family to be a part with us every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information about Summit Church, you can visit YourSummitChurch.com. We believe that God wants to speak to you, and we pray that your life is encouraged and inspired through today's message. So we want to start a series. I'm going to start a series this morning that uh, I really think is going to minister to you and bless you, and I think it's going to help us as we enter into 2021. We're starting a series called Starting Strong. And today I want to talk to you about uh, kind of an overarching thought and then we're going to take each one of the points from today and we're going to we're going to flesh them out over the next three week weekends and man i'm excited about what's coming vision weekend is coming and our pre-vision serve team party is coming boy i can't wait the end of this month man we are ready our staff is ready to take take uh take it by storm we're ready to take canyon take texas panhandle take the world by storm listen we ain't holding back Y'all are going to get with me today, or I'm going to stay up here for like two hours. I said, I said, we're ready to do something to change the world. Amen. Starting from scripture text, let's read Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It's very specific in its application, but I want to just take a part of it and help us understand some things today. So Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Everyone read it with me. It should go up on the screen. We're reading out of the NIV. Everyone read. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Let's read it one more time. Start children off on the way that they should go, and even when they're old, they'll not turn from it. Father, bless this word to our hearts. Help it to minister to us and change us in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Tell your neighbor, say you're looking good. Some of y'all at church online, if you're by yourself, you can just go to your mirror and tell yourself how good you're looking. Starting strong. Here's something I've noticed um, in life. And, and I've, I've had a lot of experience with this, and I've had a lot of opportunity to watch a lot of people with a lot of experience with this. And, you know, we, we, a lot of times we spend time talking about um, finishing well. You know, it's the, the finish of a race is very important. It's very important because if you don't finish well, then then you could run the whole race. I don't know if you've seen this, but I watched a video just the other day of this world record holding racer was, was running a sprint. Well, I think, it was, I think it was a long race, but I can't remember if it was long or short. But anyway, it was a race, and uh, there were people in it. And anyway, so this guy was a champ, evidently, and he was running to the end of the race, and every track coach will tell you that is worth their salt at all that you run all the way through the finish line, all the way through. You run as hard as you can all the way through. You never let up. You never stop. Well, this guy, for some reason, he thought that he was ahead of the pack so far 
that he could just kind of slow and wave to the crowd. And he was so happy with himself that he was winning that he stopped his running and was waving at the crowd and looking at what was going around. And in the process of that, a guy who was a, a significant distance behind him just kept running hard. And when it got to the finish line, he actually passed him and beat him. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There, I can't imagine on that level how discouraging and defeating that must have been, but that guy had no one to blame but himself. We have to finish strong. You know, the Apostle Paul taught us how to finish strong. When he was about to pass away, about to give his life for the kingdom, about to give his life for the gospel, he, he said something very interesting. He said, I have, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He was telling us, this is how you finish well. You hang on, you hold on, you move forward. You don't let the world take you down. You keep moving in, 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 in every possible way in the grace of God to get to that finish line so that you can say, I did everything I could. I went as far as I could go. I used all my talents, all my gifts, all my strength to benefit the kingdom of God and to bring people into the relationship with God. That's how you finish well as a Christian. And Paul tells us there is an importance in finishing well. But here's something I've learned about people who finish well. I've learned that people who finish well almost always start strong. Now, 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 now I know that finishing well may have, on, 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 on the level of importance, finishing well may be a little bit more important than starting strong because if you do have a bad start, if you'll run your race in a significant way, then you can still win if you finish well. So there is a benefit to finishing well, and it may be a little bit better priority or bigger priority than starting strong. But what I've come to realize is that even though that may be true, most people who finish well start strong. Because people who finish well are complete runners. They're not partial at this. People who want to do well, who want to excel, who want to exceed, who want to exceed expectations instead of just meet expectations they run a complete race they start strong they run hard they pace themselves they finish well that's what they do and, and it's important for us as believers to know that starting strong is very 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 important now I realize that maybe a lot hasn't changed in our world I know that I know that the last the 31st of December in 2020, when it shifted over to the 1st of January 2021, there was no magical anything. Like, it didn't magically change anything. How many would agree with that? Like, there's still stuff going on. There's still conflict. There's still worry. There's still concern. There's still upheaval. But guess what? The, the thing that changing of a year does is it gives us the opportunity to say goodbye and to say hello it gives us the opportunity to say you know what I learned some things I grew in some ways I was prepared in some ways now I'm going to enter into this next season of my life strong these holidays and seasons and breaks of years are really a great time for us to evaluate for us to look at ourselves and say where am I and where do I want to be I'm going to give you four questions really quick that are not in this message, but just a, some good leadership for you. Four questions you can ask yourself for, for, for goals that you want to make this year. Number one, where, what do you want? Now, we know that as believers, we want whatever the will of God is. Amen? 
But if you're following the will of God, if you're doing what God wants you to do, if you're following God's desire for you and you're submitted to him, then you can ask the question, what do you want? Because the Bible says the steps of a good man or a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So, so if you're literally lining up with him and aligning with him, then his thoughts become your thoughts. The reason the Bible says God will give you the desires of your heart is because before it says that it says if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So what he's saying is align yourself with him and he'll lead your steps and they will be blessed. Right? So what do you want? The second thing is where are you as compared to what you want? So what do you want really? Where are you as compared to what you want Honestly. See, the problem we have, a lot of us, is we're not honest. (laughs) Let's just be honest about it. Sometimes we're just not honest. Now, we may be honest with everyone else, but sometimes we're not honest with ourselves. And you cannot get to where it is you want to go if you are not honest about where you are. Because you don't have a demarcation point to start from. In other words, I don't know what it's going to take to get me to there because... I don't, I'm not being honest about where here is. There's that thing on your GPS that is that little arrow, and that arrow means that's where you are, right? And that satellite, satellite is reading where you are. Big brother has got his eye on you. And he knows where you are. But when I ask my GPS, hey, GPS, how far is it to, or where is? Do you know what the GPS does? It starts from where I'm at. And it knows exactly where I'm at, and then it can tell me what it's going to take or the directions to, and the time and the mileage that it's going to take to get me from where I'm at to where I want to be. So the question is, are we being honest about where we're at? Now, I could ask this question in a lot of ways, business, entrepreneurial efforts, leadership-wise, family, but I'm going to ask it in a different way today. Where are we at honestly with God? Where are we honestly with our relationship with God? What has this season done to us? Is it bettered us? Is it hindered us? Is it enlarged our capacity or is it diminished us? And the question can only be answered as it pertains to how much faith and trust in God we have developed over this context of time. Are y'all with me here this morning? So where are we really? And when you ask yourself where you really are and you admit this is where I'm at, then that's a good, you shouldn't be discouraged. Don't be, I know I didn't get it right. No, I made some flaws. It's okay. It's okay. Just be honest about where you are. And then you can start the path to where you want to be. How many of you are already where you want to be? You need nothing else. You want nothing more. You don't need to grow at all or change anything in your spiritual life. You're there. Be careful because God may just rapture you out of here if you say yes. You may just go whip and we'll just like, wow, they were right. They're true. That's true. Because the truth is we're not ever really where we want to be until that moment happens. Until we're glorified and we're in the presence of God. Then we can say, hey, I've arrived. But until then, you got some work to do. So where are you? Where do you want to be? Where are you honestly? And then ask yourself this question, what is it going to take to get from here to there practically? What's it going to take to get from here to there practically? 
practically? What are the spiritual disciplines that I need to enact in my life to get me to that place in my relationship with God that I want to be? You know, what, what kind of relational change does there need to be in me that's going to get me to the place where I'm going to be different and things are going to change in that area of my life? What, what, what is this thing, this anchor that's bitter inside of me that's causing rage and anger to come out? How do I need that to change? What do I need God to do in me? What do I need to do in my relationship with him to change, to call, start bearing the fruit of the spirit of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and meekness and patience and temperance and faith? What do I need to do? And, and then the last question is, and this is, this, is, this is the big question, number four. This is the big question for all of us, and no matter what the context. Are you willing to do that? Seriously. Because here's what I think. How many of you have made any New Year's resolutions? Or how many just waved them off? I think people just wave them off now. It's like, yeah, not going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it for three days and stop, so might as well just stop. The truth is, I think it's more important to literally live your life in a consistent way that gets you to the kind of life you want to get than it is to make a bunch of promises to yourself that you know you're not going to keep. So the question is, are you willing to do that? Because we all think, hey, I'm going to go after it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. Everything I do is going to work. Man, it's going to be fantastic. By the end of this year, I'm going to have all my needs met. I'm going to be prosperous the way I want to be. I'm going to have done everything. It's going to be great. It's going to be great, and there's going to be no problems. I was reading some of my quotes 2019, at the end of 2019. Some things I tweeted and some things I Facebooked and some things I said to the church and said to the family. And, and I, always, I always take a positive perspective because I always believe that the next year is potential to be the greatest year we've ever had. I believe 2021 has the potential to be the greatest year we've ever lived. Because I'm not basing the potential of this year on the circumstances that we see. I'm basing the potential of this year on what God wants to do in our life. And, and, and guys, our circumstances do not change what God wants to do. He's the same. You ever read that scripture in Hebrews? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. So, I was reading things like, all these things like God's going to do great things and it's going to be powerful and it's going to be wonderful and it's going to be significant. And I can tell you, without equivocation, that when I said all those things, I had no idea what was about to happen. How many of you could say the same thing? You went into 2020 you're like, yeah, it's going to be my year. It's going to be an awesome year. Hello. But you know what? That doesn't matter. Because as I'm going to teach you in just the next few minutes, that God did do all those great things in 2020. Just because we refuse to see it because our eyes are so focused on all the fear-mongering and all the hatefulness and all of the scared and frightened and, and, and confused, we're focusing on that or some people are focusing on that instead of focusing on the idea that God is in control, that God still has a purpose, that God still has a plan, and he is still at work in and among us, and he's done some amazing things in 2020. I don't know if he did it in your life, but I'm going to tell you right now, he did it in my life. Amen. 
This text we read said, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. And, 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 and here's what we take from that. I'm not necessarily speaking about parenting today, but what we can read in the context of the scripture, what is being said by Solomon, the great wise king, is that starts are important. Starting strong equals finishing well if you're a well-rounded runner. I remember years ago, uh, you know, I, I've had the good fortune of being around our local football team a lot, and these guys are awesome. Had a great season this year. Great guys. Boy, they were faced with every kind of challenge you can think of. And last, last year, a year before, I had really good connection with them and was around them all the time. This year, I went to every game, but I wasn't able to be with them because of all the nonsense. So uh, I just watched them and just watched how they grew and how they were strong. And, and one thing that's very important to every football team, especially to the, like this team is, especially because we have great fans. Canyon fans are awesome fans. A little crazy sometimes, but they're awesome most of the time. And uh, these boys, they, will, they, they have this kind of ritual and tradition that they come out and they have these big blow-up things and everybody's got them and you've come through this tunnel and, and, they're, and the, you know, they're busting through things and there's smoke and there's music and they run out and they, I love it, they run out and kneel down and, and pray and... Uh, I'd love to hear all the individual prayers, but anyway, uh, they, they, they kneel down and give an honor to the flag and honor to God, and I, I just love it. It's just a great moment. I mean, music is so exciting. Now, when I was coming up and played football, I, I can tell you um, we didn't have any fancy blow-up things, tunnels. Come on, we had some cheerleaders that made these paper things that you hang in front. Come on, somebody identify with me. Come on. It may not have been a blow-up, but it was a good, big old piece of paper, I'll tell you that. And it had things drawn on it. And, uh, you know, that first game is so important. And that first game is so important, and you have so much energy and so much excitement, and you just want to show your fans and your family and the crowd, you're in this, man. You, you, are, you are excited about this, man. And uh, we're going to do great this year, man. And we were so amped up, man. The first season, my senior year, we were amped up. I mean, you can't even imagine. Well, I, unless you've ever been in that situation, you can't imagine the energy and in that locker room before, there, there's several things that happen in the locker room before. There's several things to notice and observe. One is there's just an intensity that you can't describe. Because everybody's just fired up and I'm just going to, you know. And the, 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 the coach is telling you, go out and hit that guy in front of you as hard as you can. Make him remember your name or something like that, you know, like that. Knock somebody down. Say my name. Anyway. And so you're fired up, you're excited, you're ready. And it stinks in there, y'all. It stinks like you wouldn't even imagine. You couldn't imagine how bad it stinks. But anyway, we were so fired up. And it was the first game. We knew we were going to win. We were going to have a good season. It was going to be great. So we're fired up. And what we did is we didn't go out and pray. We weren't that holy. And, but we, we, we came through that paper. We always busted through the paper and just went to your sideline. That's what you did. And so we... we 
we, uh, we came running out, and several of us seniors took the front position, and, you know, uh, we wanted to lead. And so we, got, we were in the front, and we got ready, and we got behind that paper, and the music was playing, the band was playing, people were screaming. The stadium was full. The, it was like, you know, the, the, I mean, we had, a, what, what do we have, 121 uh, seniors that graduated. So there was, like, there was like 35 people there at the game that night. No, it really was packed. And, uh, man, we were, we were just fired up. And so we got up there, and we were amped, and, we ran through. We busted through. We busted through that paper. Let me tell you something, y'all. Paper is stronger than you think. And we busted through that paper, and it was hard, and we finally got through it, but our momentum was moving too far. Have you ever hit something, and it wasn't as strong as you thought, and you just kind of went forward, and you couldn't stop your forward momentum? That's, that's exactly what happened to me. I was running through that, and as I came through that paper, and everybody was excited, I didn't just fall, y'all. I just felt it was necessary. If I'm going to fall, I should tackle the entire team. And so, I mean, I stepped on this guy's foot next to me. He got moving. He was like, he was like six foot three, 200 and something thousand pounds and he just went forward and then everybody behind him went down it was like we were right at we were right at the bench and we were just tumbling like dominoes and then you know how you do when you fall how many of you ever fall fell down what's the first thing you do you hate to fall down. I don't know why it is, but when people fall down, I, I, I feel for them. How many of you feel for people when they fall down? But I can't control the laughter. I, I, when someone falls, I laugh like crazy. I mean, I just, my wife, she falls. Sometimes, all the time. She, she, and, and she's got it down to an art. She's got weak ankles, and she's got it down to an art. When she falls, she gracefully glides to the ground, and she's laughing hysterically by the time she's down there and I'm laughing and you think I'd be helping but no I'm laughing because you can't help you're just you no one knows what to do it's just horrible and that's what it was like just when you started and then and you and, and the first thing you do when you fall down is you just like we're in front of a whole crowd but everybody jumped up like did anyone did anyone see that yes of course we saw it and let me tell you something through that entire game we did end up winning but through the entire game you know what was on my mind Todd not playing defense, not playing offense, not playing special teams. I can't believe I fell down in front of the entire town. And sometimes when we're trying to start something, we're trying to get on track with something, we want something to be the best it possibly can be. And, 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 and in our spiritual life, we want, we want that life where we're in tune with God. We want that life where we are connected to his presence, where we know him and he knows us, where there's a relational context for us and him. And it's not just religion. It's not just rote, but we sense his presence. We know him. We are aware of him and we know that he is aware of us. And we, we, we understand his word and we walk in his word and we live out his word and we want to start strong. And sometimes we're so excited and we're so amped up and, and, and this year when we got through 2020 and 2021 I just 
I just tell everybody, and I, I said this the other day, don't project the negative feelings that you had about 2020 on to 2021. But just let God give you a clean slate and say, God, put it out there before me, your purpose, your design, your desire for my life, and let me live it out. Come on, somebody. So you may feel like I tripped up and I didn't, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not where I need to be. I, I need, I, I feel like a failure after 2020. I feel like I didn't say true or I feel like I don't trust. Listen, just start over, start clean, jump up. Who cares if anyone saw you? Let's just live all out full on for God and start strong. Start strong. The Bible says in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 24, Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, uh, the visible heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, my beloved. In you I am well pleased and uh, delighted. And when he began his ministry, Jesus himself being uh, as was supposed the son of Joseph. And then we go on in the scripture, Luke chapter 4, verse 1, and here's what it says. It says, now Jesus, full of and in perfect communication with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they ended, he was hungry. So today, quickly, I want to give you three steps to starting strong. Now, the reason I read that scripture to you is because this is the foundation of Jesus' ministry. This is the beginning. He's grown up. He's now a grown man. He's around 30 years of age, the Bible says, and he's starting his ministry. So there has to be a reason why God would give us the start of Jesus' ministry. There has to be a reason that he's telling us this or recording this for us because it means that starts are important. The way Jesus started was very important. In other words, Jesus just didn't start. There's too many people going out and just starting things and just doing things without it being God's will, God's purpose, or God's anointing on it. Especially a lot of ministry people. And they're just doing things out of zeal with no knowledge. And they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing just trying to make a name for themselves or whatever the case may be. And the truth is, there is a way you start. Jesus shows us here that, that, that you need to start strong and you need to start the way God says to start. And sometimes we, we start by sub, first by submitting to Him. And then submitting to those around us that God's put in our life to help us be the strong people that he wants us to be. So I want to give you three steps to starting strong today. And I want you to understand it's important how we start this year. You may think, well, it's no big deal. It's just another day. No, I'm telling you it's important how we start. Uh, Because, you know, uh, to be honest, we're claiming some things back. We're claiming some things back for the kingdom of God. Whatever we feel like, you know, that this, this situation has affected the kingdom in a significant way. And what I'm seeing now is that there's an awakening happening all over the world. I'm talking to people all over the world. I have friends literally all over the world. And there's something special happening. 
But there have been some people who have just gone into this detachment where they've disassociated themselves from the problems and the issues, even spiritually, and just kind of said, I'm not going to serve God. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to be in the Word. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to live my life and just kind of try to get by and, and, and ignore all of this mess that's going on. But the problem is you can detach it all you want to, but at some point you have to realize there's a reality here. And, and, and you've got to deal with the issues. And then there's other people. There's people who have dug in. And people who have said, I'm going to seek the name of the Lord. I'm going to walk through this. God's going to help me. He's going to grow me. Listen, this may be a fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in. But here's what I know. I trust that Jesus is going to be in the fire with me. I trust that he can deliver me out of the fire. But even if he doesn't, he's going to be in the fire with me. And so we've learned again to trust. And what we're doing as a church and as a people is we're reclaiming the heart of ministry and the heart of the church and the heart of spiritual walking with God. Amen? Everybody say amen. First step, set the pace for the race. Set the pace for the race. Run God's race for you. Not your race for you. You know, this is something we struggle with. It's something that I talk about a lot and teach about a lot because it's something that we as humanity struggle with. We struggle, in, especially nowadays, in our culture with so many options, so many opportunities, we struggle with are we really going to live the will and purpose of God or are we going to live our will and purpose and ask God to bless it? And there's a big difference, and a lot of us as Christians live that way. And when I say us, I mean all of us. We, we live that way. We move and breathe and do what we want, and then we say, God, this is what I've done, so now I need you to show up. And what, we, what we're failing to realize is that the blessing is in being in that place of submission to God's will and purpose and design. That's what Jesus was doing here. Why did Jesus need to get baptized? He was sinless. The act of baptism was to, to give a sign to the world and profess to others that I am, I am repenting of my sins and I am moving into life and out of death. But Jesus did not need a conversion. So why was he being baptized? Because that's what God said needed to be do, done and because it was a model to us as to what we should do. And that is exactly what we need in our lives. We need to follow his plan and purpose. Everybody look at me. Look, if you're not writing or, or taking notes, look, look at me real quick. Listen to me. Stop wrestling. The greatest thing that I ever did in my life was to stop wrestling with God. I would not be your pastor today if I was wrestling with God. Because I had the beach in my mind. Come on, somebody. I did. We thought we were going to go somewhere to the coast. And we, were going to, we thought we were going to go somewhere that probably wasn't the Bible Belt. Because we've grown up here. We know the challenges of it. We know what it, all that is. So we thought we are going to go somewhere like that. I don't know if y'all know this. This is not the beach. Right? This is quite a bit different than the beach. And we love it. We love the people. We love the place. We love everything about this place. Why? Because God 
put us here. And that blessing that goes with submitting to God has come to our lives. But if we wrestle with God, if we struggle with God and his purpose and plan for our lives and the way he wants to do things, then that full blessing of God never really attaches itself to our life because God is not going to bless rebellion. Oh, is this getting to you today? It's getting to me. So, so what do we do? The first thing we do is we set the pace for the race. Run God's race for us, not our race for ourselves. The way you leave one season is the way you enter the next season. So if, if we leave 2020 with doubt and fear and confusion, we enter 2021 with the same doubt, fear, and confusion. So what I'm saying to you is if, 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 if there is change needed in your life, if there's change needed in my life, right now is the time for that change. Right now. To say, God, I submit to you, and I want whatever you want for my life to be come to fruition in my life, and I am absolutely going to live that out. And when that change happens, we have a new start. So maybe you're running at the wrong pace in 2020. Maybe the, the restrictions of 2020 kind of slowed your pace or even put a kind of purpose paralysis on you where you're not running at all. There, there, there was a time in, when Jesus came that the religious leaders were kind of going in circles. They were playing religion. They were... They were an established power structure, and they wanted to stay that way. But there were people that were being oppressed because of that mentality and because of that attitude. We know it very, very clearly. And, 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 and what we need to understand is Jesus wants to set us free, but it's not the way we think. Because we see freedom somehow in our mind, we see freedom as this Free to do whatever you want to do, and that's true freedom. But can we just be honest that humanity left to do whatever they want to do will create bondages for themselves? That when we are left with no parameters and no accountability in our life, then what have spiritual I'm, I'm, I'm referring to, then what happens is we will fall to the lowest common denominator of our flesh and carnality. And so what Jesus is trying to do is get us to understand there is a way to live in this peace, to live in this joy, to live in this freedom, but it's not the way you think. It's in submission to his will. Now watch, I'll show you. In Scripture, Matthew chapter 11, 28, it says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Wow. Wow, that, that, think about, that sounds so great, doesn't it? How many ever get tired? How many are mentally tired right now? And this is where they were, just mentally stressed out, just emotionally wrung out. Felt oppressed, felt defeated. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'll give you peace, I'll give you rest, just follow me. Just come and hang out with me. Well, that's our first, that's our first thing right there that we need to think about. That's the first thing, come and be with me. Listen, stop trying to be with everybody else and everything else and think you're going to get rest and peace out of that. Come on, get in the presence of Jesus, and that's where your rest and peace is going to come from. But so what we're thinking is, oh, I just get to rest. Oh, man. Oh, man. I just get to chill. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to try anything. I don't have to put forth any effort. I'm free. I'm free. 
That's not called free. That's called lazy. (laughs) Somebody say amen. But the truth is, y'all, that Jesus never says, stop working, stop walking, stop living. He actually says the exact opposite of that. Listen to what he says. He said, I'll show you how to take a real rest, walk with me, and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. In other words, Jesus is saying it's not the context or the circumstances that provide your freedom and your rest. It's that in the middle of the context text and circumstances, you can have peace and rest by one simple fact. Submission and trust and total faith in Christ. Right? Let Jesus be your, your pacekeeper. Anybody who's training for a race, especially a long race, in a significant, especially world record-breaking type thing, they're going to have a pacekeeper that runs with them. Any of these athletes in the room could tell you that. That, that, that. They're going to have somebody that runs with them in their training and in their practice to make sure that the pace is kept, to make sure that they're not lagging behind or they're not going too fast so that they know what pace they need to run to run the race or break the record. And that's what we need to do, and that's what Jesus is saying here. Let me be your pacekeeper. Let me run the race with you. And so you're watching how fast I'm going or how slow I'm going, and you don't get outside the parameters, and you make it to the place of prosperity. You make it to the place of winning. You make it to the place of rest. Don't try to do it on your own or by yourself or in your own might. Didn't the Bible tell us it's not by power nor by might, but by the Spirit, says the Lord? Come on, are you all with me this morning? I'm getting a lot out of this word this morning. I don't know if you are, but if it's just for me, I'm here for it, yeah? Let Jesus be your pacekeeper. You know, in that moment, Jesus, his race was set. His pace was set when he was, when he was baptized. There we see the Trinity in the New Testament where Jesus was baptized in the water. He comes out and the visible heavens were opened up and the Holy Spirit de- de- uh, descended on him like a dove. Not a dove, but like a dove. Right? And then the Father spoke and he said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well, well, well uh, pleased. I'm delighted in him. And, and so the pace was set right then and right there. Now, let's move forward. Number two, you, you must prepare the plan for the race. You can't just go out and race. You've got to be intentional about your race. Prepare the plan. Do you have a plan? What's 2021 look like to you? Especially in your spiritual life, do you have a plan? I got a lot of people that I've invited to come and read the Bible through with me on version. Got a bunch of them that have decided to do it. Do you have some kind of plan in your spiritual life that you know is going to take you to growth? Do you have some kind of plan in your spiritual life? I, I know we're going to provide a lot of things for you in this church, but do you personally have a plan? If your plan for spiritual growth is just to come and worship and come and hear me speak, you're not going to get very far because this isn't enough. That daily walking with Jesus is what grows your faith. Daily walking with Jesus is what makes you like him. Not hearing somebody talk about it, but you getting in his word. And the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I can't taste for you. You have to taste for yourself. Man, my pastor says, 
that God is good. Well, you, you need to not know that I know God is good. You need to know God is good. Right? The race doesn't start at the sound of the gun. The race starts the moment you decide to run. Jesus' heart was prepared right there in that moment. His thoughts were prepared. His, he submitted himself to the race. We need to enter 2021 ready to start strong by doing three things. Submitting to God's ways and his will. Praying and preparing our heart. This is why we're going to do 21 days of fasting and prayer in February. Allowing God to anoint us for the assignment. How many of you ever watched Karate Kid? If you're a child of the 80s, come on. You've got to watch Karate Kid. We're watching Cobra Kai. Now, I, I, I warn you, they're a little rough in some places, but it just made me just go back home. I tell you, I just felt so comfortable. And who knew I would like Johnny Lawrence? You know, I mean, come on. He's such a junior hire. But there's this one great part in the original where, where Miyagi says to Danielson, I, yeah, I know, and, and he says to him, he, he has him do all these chores. You, you remember all the chores? He had to go wax all the cars. And he made him wax it in the circle. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. And then he, had, then he had made him sand all of his deck. And he's like, send the floor, send the floor. Dude. Daniel got mad. All you're doing is having me do your chores. You're not teaching me any karate. I'm getting kicked around out here. I'm being bullied. And you're not teaching me karate. You said you teach me karate, but you're just having me do your chores, man. He's mad. Said a few expletives in there. He was hot. Wax the floor. Wax the floor. He's always confused. Wax the floor instead of the car. Look. He was mad. And then what happens? Miyagi says, show me, wax the car. Wax on, wax off. And he, and he defends against some kicker hit. Show me, sand the floor. And he shows him, sand the floor, and he defends against some kicker hit. And then all of a sudden, he throws all these punches at him, and he defends every single one of them. And he, and he realizes, I wasn't really waxing the car. I wasn't really sanding the floor. I was learning how to defend myself. This is awesome. I'm going to do a crane kick. And win the whole thing. I may be a little carried away. But wasn't 2020 just waxing and sanding? Could it be that in 2020, that's what God was doing? We thought, why am I having to go through this? What is the struggle? Why can't you... Can't you just stop all of this? And why can't you just push a button, God, and reverse all of this? We're scared. We're afraid. We're confused. We don't know how to deal with this. And, and, and then we kind of settled in and said, all right, God, we're going to trust you. And that trust started growing and developing in us. And 
we started realizing God has given us strength, and God is walking through this with us, and he's not absent. He's very present in this situation. And what we didn't realize we were doing, we were, we were sanding the floor. We were, we were waxing. And let me tell you what 2021 is about. 2021 is about is every hit, every kick that comes at you from the devil, you're going to block it with ease. Why? Because you've been practicing in 2020. Number three you got to create capacity for the race. And I'm closing with this. Every season gives us opportunity to enlarge our capacity, to get bigger and stronger on the inside. Once our capacity is stretched, it empowers us to be able to withstand more and accomplish more. You know, when, when your capacity is stretched and you have to handle something bigger, then something less than that, even though it may be very hard, it's easy to handle for you. Why? Because you have the capacity to handle it. Why? Because you had to comp- handle something that was harder than that. And even though you may be facing something hard or something difficult, you've been stretched to capacity, so now you can handle this without fear or confusion or failure. Why? Because you allowed the capacity to be created in you to handle it. A lot of people are going to go into 2021 still not having the capacity because they've resisted the opportunity to create capacity. They've just run from it and they've just, I don't want, I don't know, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to have this. And God, and they've lost their faith and they've run from God and they've decided to be nominal in their Christianity and they don't want to move forward. And all that's happened is they missed the opportunity to sand the floor. All that has happened is they missed the opportunity to wax on and wax off. And now when the, when, the, when the fists are thrown and the legs are kicking, they're going to be incapable of defending themselves. Every season gives us this opportunity. Every season that we go through gives us an opportunity in some way or another to expand our capacity, to create capacity. I'll say this in close. Two things. One, I went out to the, this is going to sound funny to some of y'all, and uh, probably like I'm weak. But I don't care. I went out to uh, Paladur Canyon a while back, long time ago. And I was going to do the, what is it, the lighthouse hike. And the lighthouse hike, it was hot. I went when it was too hot, and I was by myself. And I didn't know what it entailed at the end. You know, everybody goes to that plateau. If you've ever, how many of you have ever been out there? You go to that little plateau, but then there's another climb. You don't get to the the outhouse. You don't get to the lighthouse. You can get to the outhouse right there on the on flat ground. You can't get to the, uh, the lighthouse until you climb. And there's this like really steep rock and if you rock bed type thing and you have to walk up it and kind of scale it and it's a lot steeper than what you've done at, up to this point. And I got to that point and literally, let me tell you something, it freaked me out. And I started up that thing and uh, I said, well, I came this far. I'm not... I'm not going to not go to the lighthouse and get the picture and show everybody how awesome I am. And so I, I got to that point, and, man, I started up, and I got halfway up that point, and I'd never done it before. And I got up to that point, and I'm telling you, I, I panicked. 
I don't know why. It's not even that big a deal if you've ever been on it. But I, for some reason, I just panicked. I'm a little bit afraid of heights. And I looked down to the side, and I could see all the way down. And I was like, oh, Lord, I don't want to hurt myself. And so I start up, and I, I literally, I, I, I was so panicked that I was breathing heavy. I was like, <laughs> so I got there, and I had to stop because I was just worn out. I mean, about halfway up. And then I was sitting there thinking, are you going to chicken out and go back down? Or are you going you gonna to go up? And to be honest, to be honest, I was literally leaning to the side of, let's just go on down and say we went to the lighthouse, you know. And so uh, uh, then I looked up, and there was this little couple, and they had to be every bit of 73. I'm telling you, that old. And, and, and like, that's really old. It's not really that old, but it's a lot older than I am. And so... And, and her and her husband were just coming down that thing like this. Just walking down. Oh, that's so fun, she said. I was like, well, I got to go to the top now. So I got up there and I, I climbed up and I did it. And then I've gone back several times since then. And you know what? It's not even hard. It's, it, it, I, I never even hesitate. It's, it doesn't feel hard to me. It doesn't feel steep to me. It doesn't feel any. Why? Because I've already done it and my capacity was enlarged I have the experience I understand it it's not going to hurt me listen guys if you'll trust God and realize that he's been training you he's been developing you he's been giving you confidence and trust in him so that now in 2021 you can live out the dreams regardless of the circumstances regardless of the problems regardless of the obstacles you have the capacity now to handle what needs to be handled just like Jesus before he went into his ministry he went into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days and 40 nights and he fasted and prayed and God let the devil come and tempt him and he tempted him in his identity he tempted him in everything about faith and devotion and confidence and then he was sent away and Jesus had gone through that and he didn't just go through it for himself he went through it for us and then he walked out of that wilderness empowered by the increased capacity that he had by the power of the Holy Spirit to look the devil in the eye and tell him get behind me Satan So the question then is, did you, did you learn? The question then is, are you enlarged in your capacity? The question is, are you pacing your race? The question is, are you ready to run? Or are you just going to let the dregs of 2020 keep you from starting strong? They should empower you to have the strongest start you've ever had, whether spiritually, financially, physically, relationally, whatever. Not because of the circumstance itself, but because of God's power in the middle of the circumstance. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for everything you're doing.